It's not a logo, it's not a tagline, it's the essence of everything that you are and everything that you want to convey. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. Firsthand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there. And plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive toward your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, it's Jason Patria, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast. This is the podcast for those of you who want to own your career, turn up the volume, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. Whew, I cannot believe that 2020 is finally coming to a close. It truly has been the longest, and in some cases, the shortest year that all of us have ever had. But when we come to the close of the year, it's a great time to reflect and more importantly, a great time to plan for the next year. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're just ready to get into 2021 and that's great. But what I want you to think about is making sure that you're going into 2021 with the right mindset because this year, 2020, has mostly been about being in survival mode. How do we just get through things? How do we deal with uh, homeschooling our kids, being able to safely get groceries? How do we figure out working from home or if we're an essential worker going in and being safe? and keeping our families safe. That was all about survival mode. And yes, we needed to do it, but now it's been more than nine months. So guess what? If you're still thinking in survival mode, you've got a recipe for disaster because our survival mentality is driven by that cave person part of our brain that's all about fight or flight that says, if I touch fire, I'm going to get burned. If I go over to a saber-toothed tiger, it's going to eat me. So I need to run away. Now, we needed to be in survival mindset at the beginning of this pandemic, but now that we're moving into 2021 and we've got light at the end of the tunnel, I need you to make sure that you've shifted into a thrive mindset because our thrive mindset is all about asking great questions. It's all about making strategic choices. It's all about evaluating opportunities, choices, and trade-offs. I want to make sure that you are clicking the stroke of midnight on December 31st in thrive mode. And now I have been thinking about this quote all year. It's a bend in the road is never fatal unless you never turn. Let me read that quote one more time. A bend in the road is never fatal unless you never turn. 
And that feels like a perfect quote for 2020. But guess what? It's over 100 years old because it was said by a wise woman, Helen Keller, who we all know as one of the originators of the movement for people with disabilities in this country. And certainly 2020 has had a lot of bends in the road. But what Helen Keller said is none of those things are fatal as long as we have our hands on the steering wheel. If you let the environment control you, you're not in a recipe for success. So as you drive into 2021, make sure you've got those hands firmly on the steering wheel because there's still going to be some bends. In fact, I guarantee you there's going to be forks in the road that are all about choices for you to grab and go down to some amazing opportunities. Now, another person that I have really enjoyed thinking about during this pandemic was Mark Cuban. And you know what? I'm no sports guy, so I don't know anything about the Mavericks or football or whatever type of sport that is, but I'm a super fan of Shark Tank on TV. And you know, Mark Cuban is one of those sharks that not only gives great feedback to entrepreneurs, but ultimately invests in their business. You know, right early on at the beginning of the pandemic, Mark said, how companies respond to the crisis is going to define their brand for decades. If they didn't take care of people, they were going to be that company. Now, I love that quote because it's so true. When we think about brands, brands are defined by how they operate in gray skies way more than they are defined by how they operate during blue skies. So think for yourself, if you think back over 2020, what was your brand? How did you operate during the crisis? And you know what? If those aren't necessarily words or brand attributes that you want to have with you, that's okay because we're not out of the gray skies. We're moving into 2021 that has light at the end of the tunnel, but we're not out. Here's the great thing. You can make a choice every single day about how you are going to act and behave. So, If you're looking back and thinking, hmm, maybe there's some headwinds that I need to uh, smooth over for 2020, that's okay. I want you to wake up on January 1st and start acting and behaving in a different way, in the way that you want to be seen, in a way that is truly leading with your brand. And I am so excited because in 2021, we're going to help you get there on the Lead With Your Brand podcast. In fact, every week of January, we are going to break down the Lead With Your Brand system into bite-sized chunks and give you the tools to lead with your brand new year. Well, I am super excited because this is the final episode of season one, and I'll be back in just a few minutes where we'll get the best advice from all of our season one guests. Hey, everyone. We're all excited to get out of 2020. I want 2021 to be the year that you achieve your next career breakthrough. As I mentioned earlier, this year we've launched the Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program. We have the next small group cohort starting in early January so that you can truly own your career in 2021. Now space is limited and we're currently taking applications. Now this program isn't for everyone, 
But if you're an A-plus player ready to be known for your best authentic self and get the recognition you deserve, this program is for you. So if you'd like more information, visit us on leadwithyourbrand.com. And we're back. I am thrilled to take a look back at the highlights of season one. You know, so many of my guests spoke about authenticity and being true to yourself. You know, I have coaching clients that come to me all of the time and they say things like, I want to be Oprah, I want to be Sheryl Sandberg, or I want to be like Steve Jobs. And you know what I say, you ain't Oprah and you're never going to be. What you can be is you and the best you you can be. And I was so inspired that so many of our guests talked about pivotal moments in their childhood or young adulthood. You know, we all have a brand story, and being authentic is really all about owning those moments that made us who we are today. Now, I asked my friend, celebrity chef and author Katie Chin, about growing up watching her mother build a food empire. So it feels like, Katie, everything old is new again because you are cooking with your daughter in a way that you grew up and were cooking with your mom. And I know that you you mentioned your mom was a storied chef, but tell us a little bit about Leanne Chin, the businesswoman. Well, she was an extraordinary woman. She immigrated from China in 1956 as a seamstress making 50 cents an hour. She didn't even go to high school. She always loved to cook and she just figured out a way to do it, even though she couldn't find fresh ginger at the grocery store. But one day she decided to throw a luncheon for some of her sewing clients and they were so blown away by her authentic Chinese cuisine because back in the day they could only find chow mein and chop suey. They encouraged her to start teaching classes and to cater. And one thing led to another. She became very, very successful. She didn't even have a car in the beginning. She had to take the bus. That she hooked up with a socialite who encouraged her to, you know, open a restaurant with her. So this socialite was friends with the owner of the Minnesota Twins, and he was friends with Sean Connery. So they both invested in my mother's first restaurant in the wow. Which is insane. Like, that doesn't even sound real, right? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, and this is back in the 70s, right? This was in the uh, mid-80s. Oh, mid-80s, right? Yeah. So, you know, it was just crazy. So by this point, a lot of the local community had heard that Sean Connery was investing, but she already had made a name for herself through her catering. And so they opened the first restaurant, which was quite elegant and upscale, which was another surprise. That's like, that's not what you expect when you necessarily think of a Chinese restaurant. So one thing led to another. She continued to grow her business. And then in the late 80s, she actually, her company was purchased by General Mills and they made her president of the division and wanted to take the chain national. Now, bear in mind, once again, she had never even gone to high school. And so it was truly an incredible success story. But I think what also made her such a success was the fact that she always gave back. She was a huge supporter of the community. She really represented the American dream, not just for minority women, but really anybody with a dream. So she always gave back. She was a pillar of the community. She served on several boards, including the Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Twins, which she had never been to again before in her life. <laughs> she really became a celebrity and it was just incredible to watch it happen. She ended up buying the company back. 
And uh, it, it's now owned actually by the gentleman that owns Pickup Sticks in Southern California. Just to sort of explain the magnitude of the business, I mean, it was over 50 units and she grew it into a $50 million company. So it was truly remarkable. Yeah, so it was almost like you had an MBA growing up with your mom. I I guess so. You know, I feel like she had just this incredible innate business acumen. You know, I just love that story. And I so fondly remember meeting Leanne Chin at one of Katie's cooking events where she was actually sitting in the back hand making hundreds of dumplings. And Katie just recently taught me how to make those same homemade dumplings for the holidays. In fact, it's one of the signature recipes from the cookbook that she wrote with her mom, Everyday Chinese Cook. Now, this season, I also talked with entrepreneur Rekha Brar about how her childhood experiences have inspired her brand, her style, and design, which are all the foundation of her wildly successful business, Blossom Box Jewelry. Tell me a little bit about growing up in, in Canada and how that sort of informed who you are today. Yeah, so I grew up in a very small town called Merritt, BC. It was it had a population of less than 8,000 people at that time. And the school I went to, the elementary school, was predominantly Caucasian. I actually was the only Indian kid um, in my classroom. And it was it was a different experience. Um, I definitely encountered some racism. And I, and I remember, you know, sometimes wearing some earrings that were a little different. Or I'd wear, you know, my mom would make me wear like this gold necklace that was a little different. And of course it was normal at home because I would see my grandma wearing similar stuff. I would see my mom wearing similar stuff. But then when I would get to school, I remember being questioned like, Oh, what is that? Like, why are you wearing that? And, and I just remember thinking to myself, this is beautiful. And I want people to know that there's not just one kind of style out there. There's there's more and we have to be able to embrace it. So growing up, I did encounter being that different kid. And at times it was difficult, but once again, I, from a very young age, I love challenges and I would try to explain to the other kids that this was part of my heritage. And so it really meant a lot to me when my parents would take us back to India. Cause then I felt like, okay, I'm not abnormal there is jewelry that's like this, or there are people who dress differently. So when I was able to bring these designs to life and then, I mean, then get them into these department stores, it was a big moment for me. It's paying homage to my culture and my heritage and just expressing my uniqueness. And I feel that's so important to be authentic and be yourself. Absolutely. And you know, sometimes it's those early work experiences that shape our values. For all of you pet lovers out there, you'll remember I talked with Brian Garish, the president of Banfield Pet Hospitals, the veterinary industry's leading provider of preventative care for our animal family members. I've always admired Brian's leadership brand, and I was super surprised to learn that it was cemented in one of his earliest jobs at 18 years old. When I get the question about like almost who I am, I always go back to where I came from and, and, and where I started. And I, I think about like my real first job when I was 16 years old. I was working at Walgreens drugstores, stocking shelves, sweeping floors, mopping bathrooms. 
systems, cash sharing, you name it, whatever they asked me to do, I, I did it. And the, I start there because that really is, is probably a big cornerstone of my life of who I am and how I became the person I am today. And, and just quickly, I'll just tell you, you know, through high school, it was a part-time job and I thought I had the world figured out and I knew what I was going to do with my life. But I came to find out really quickly I didn't. I ended up going to college, but I dropped out really quickly. And that was really the first time in my life that I was scared. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I was scared that I had messed up and I had no no future or no plans even. And I learned a few things really early on uh, during this time. One was the power of people development and mentorship. The second one was the importance of culture. And as a leader, it doesn't matter your role. You're responsible for creating the culture that people get to experience and the power of inclusion. Those three lessons I learned early on in my life, and I'm so thankful because that shaped me to be the person and the leader that I am today. You know, it's amazing to me to think how those experiences early in his career shaped who Brian is today as an executive. And, you know, he leads over 19,000 associates across the country. I also talked with my buddy Patrick Gomez, and he shared how one of his first jobs working at a restaurant also shaped his executive brand as the editor-in-chief of the AV Club and as the host of the popular entertainment podcast, Push the Envelope. Working in the service industry, I think, was a huge benefit for me going into corporate America because... One of my last bosses at a restaurant, I'll never forget. I always caution when I'm when I'm telling people that this is like my philosophy with work because it can turn into your life becoming all work. But, you know, it's the never say no policy. It's like, mm-hmm. and at a restaurant that came to fruition in, if a guest asks you for oranges and you don't have oranges, you know, don't stop at no. Say, we don't have oranges, but I can offer you this, this, and this. And that's kind of how I started tackling my professional life. Once I moved beyond restaurants, it's, you know, can you work on Saturday? If you can, say yes. But if you can't, don't stop there. Say, no, I can't do that, but I can take someone else's shift or I can do something else during the week that can make someone else's life easier on the weekend. And that, I think, was something that just became ingrained in me. And to this day, maybe maybe makes me take on more than I should sometimes. but, (laughs) But at the end of the day, I think it's been a major part of why I've been able to succeed. Right. So being able to say yes almost becomes a hallmark, right? And sometimes it's not the exact yes, but it's helping find a solution, right? Right. Always, always being part of the solution, not creating a problem and at least, and not like letting a problem just sit there. Finding ways to always be part of the solution, I think is, is one of the most important things to keep in mind. That doesn't mean giving yourself away to your work. That doesn't mean, you know, pushing yourself past the point of, of mental stability. But if you can just, in your head, always be part of finding the solution, everyone's going to want to work with you. Ultimately, it's always about getting to the yes and finding a solution space. Patrick found that early on, but one of my friends, blogger and the original influencer, Perez Hilton, found this out a little later in his career after he was already a well-established brand. And I realized that for a long period in my career, I was going through the no phase of my career, saying things like, that's not good for my brand. That's not a good fit, blah, 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 blah. Now, and I think having children also changed things for me too. Now it's like, 
saying yes to things and, but it's not just saying yes, it's saying yes and, right? It's an improv technique. It's like, don't just say yes to this, really think about it and try to maximize every opportunity. How can you turn one small thing into a bigger thing? Perez's story really makes me think of that brand filter that we all must have. It helps us ensure that all of the projects that we work on are on brand for us. Now, it's interesting to think about Perez's story because it's easy to say something is off brand for you and just write it off and not do it. But you can also look at how you can make any project or initiative be on brand for you by applying your filter and your signature style. Simply, it's about taking the things that are just average and common and making them super premium, unique, and on brand for you with your signature style. Now, so many of my guests talked about their career breakthroughs and the difficult choices they had to make along the way. I asked producer Evan Shapiro about making the difficult choice to shift his career from being a pure play creative as a director to shifting towards the business side of the industry. What went into that decision making for you? Because I hear people talk about those transitions all of the time, and then they actually don't pull the trigger because they fear something, you know, what, what considerations went into that for you? That was a major life decision. I've had several since then that this was the first time I employed this, this mechanism that I tend to use now. And it's what I coach people to use when they have major career decisions or life decisions in front of them, which is, you know, I weighed it. I couldn't sleep. It was, you know, just starting a business at 27 years old with, and having no salary was just kind of an anathema to who I was. And it was a great deal of unknown and uncertainty. I had a six-month-old baby. Luckily, you know, I have a, a partner in life, my wife, who has been nothing but supportive of me every day, even when I'm a total crazy asshole. And we have both a set of both sets of parents who are very supportive and helpful and kind of helped us kind of protect ourselves and gives us safety net. So it was still though kind of nerve-wracking to pull that trigger. And so what I do is when I have those types of life decisions in front of me. I lay in bed awake, staring at the ceiling, and I cl then I close my eyes and I picture two tunnels. And I take a deep breath and I say to myself, on three, I'm just going to run down one of these tunnels. And I breathe. I saw myself, I visualized myself getting ready to run. And then I hit go, three, two, one, go. And I ran towards the business and away from the art because I, I somehow understood now that on the other side of the kind of dark precipice of the tunnel, there was a future that could lead me back to the art. You know, Evan always has the best advice. And if you're an entertainment industry fan like I am, check out his media ecosystem forecasts that he posts on LinkedIn. Evan really spoke to that balance between our amazing talents, our passions, and the needs of the market, your business, and ultimately yourself. And that makes me think back to our very first episode when I spoke to the fabulous Jackie Hernandez, who's the CEO and co-founder of New Majority Ready, a marketing firm that's focused all on multicultural audience reach and engagement. Jackie talked all about making choices to find and follow her passion. You know, everyone has a brand story that really informed 
who they are and how they became who they are. So tell us a little bit about young Jackie. How, how did you grow up and what were some of those things in your life that have really defined who you are as a person and as a leader? Young Jackie wanted to be a lawyer when she went to college. That's what she set out to do. Um, got there and very quickly realized that she had no interest in any of the classes or anything that she was looking to do while she, um, <laughs> and, and that's, I think was the beginning have, have, of how young Jackie started to redefine herself. I believe very much in following your passion. And if you don't love what you're doing, stop and really rethink it. And so very quickly in my first year, I said, okay, no lawyer. I'm going to put that uh, away. I don't like these classes. I'm not, I'm going to really pursue. And were your parents furious? No, very supportive. Um, I mean, my parents were really proud of me because I was the first person in my family to go to college. So it was like, you know, you're going to college. That's great. If you don't want to be a lawyer, that's okay. Just find something that you really are going to be good at and do that. And so I, I think their support was part of what made me be who I was. But because of that, I never belabored it. And I think that young Jackie is someone that sometimes I wish I can even be more like the young Jackie today and go, no, 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 this isn't for me. Move on and pivot. And the faster you can do that, the happier you will be. And you only have one shot at this life. So being happy should be at the top of your list. Exactly. I just love Jackie, and I love how her parents supported her, which reminds me of a conversation I had with Juliet Morris, who most recently was the CEO of the leading live global streaming platform, TuneIn. Now, Juliet was working for her family's business when she realized it simply wasn't her passion. Let's listen to how she pivoted industries to get where she is today. Many, many years ago, and I won't say the year because I don't want anyone to figure out my age. <laughs> Got to keep some secrets from you, exactly. Jason. I had been in my family's business, which I'm super proud of my dad for after World War II, starting his own business. But it was a women's sleepwear business. And what my real passion was, was movies and TV and media. And it is really difficult to go from Valmode lingerie to HBO, which is where I wanted to go. And I tried my hardest to show the correlation, but I ultimately had to take a very brave step, which was I had gone to speak to someone at HBO and they said, no one leaves, you'll never get in. And in her inbox, which there still was physical inboxes on the desk at that time, I saw a flyer for summer internships. And I was older than that, <laughs> but saw it as a great opportunity for me to get experience. And I went down to NYU and signed up for their continuing education internship program because you needed to be able to get college credit wow. for an internship. And I showed up at HBO. And to this day, I am the oldest summer intern they ever had. <laughs> And I was fortunate enough to meet three women who I'd love to give credit to, um, Shelley Wright Brindle, Gina Dedan, and Lisa Gussack, who understood what I was trying to do, that I was trying to make a pivot and a career change. And they gave me the opportunity to be an intern. And 
I spent eight years there and left as the VP of acquisition marketing and had an incredible career. And they allowed me to make the pivot into the industry of my passion. You know, sometimes you just have to go for it. When you know that your passions aren't aligning with your talents, it's time to make a change. And sometimes that change isn't just going up. Juliet's story is such a great example of how your career isn't just about climbing a ladder. It's really more of a career lattice. Think of it almost like a jungle gym where you're navigating those opportunities, those choices, and those trade-offs. In fact, so many of our guests talked about their own personal realizations that it's not just focusing on the end point, but focusing on the full career journey. I was joined by my buddy Val Nicholas, who's the SVP and creative director at Summit Media Corporation. Here's what Val said about taking risks. Don't wait for permission to try something. Just do it. And if it works, show everybody. If it doesn't work, don't show anybody. But don't wait for permission to try stuff. People wait too long for permission. When I did that thing with Steve Kappas and the Barack Obama thing, I didn't go to the president of MSNBC and ask him if I could do that. or it, I just went and did it. you know. And if I was going to get beat up over it, well, okay, fine. I was going to get beat up over it. But too many people wait around for somebody to anoint them or give them permission to try something. And most of your bosses, they really want you to try something. They want something innovative. They want something breakthrough. Every one of their clients, the first thing out of their mouth says, what do you got new? What do you got that's new? And so if you can figure out how to do that, you're always going to be good, you know, but don't wait for permission. You know, there's I, I say there's two circles. There's this really small circle where the magic lives and it's really dangerous in there. And you, you could crash and burn really hard. You could lose your job even. And then there's this giant big circle where everybody else lives and it's really safe and nothing really grows in there, but it's really safe. And the people who really break through, who make a difference, are the ones who live in that little circle, and they're fearless. They're not afraid. And and if, if you are fearless, it doesn't matter whether it's successful or not. You tried. You tried your best. And the deal is, if you're shooting for 100 and you get to 70% and you started at zero, look how far you went. You know, I, I'm a mountain climber, and half the times we never get to the peak, but that's not why we're climbing it. I'm having such a great time with my friends that I haven't seen in years, and we're struggling, and we're doing all this stuff, and we're going to have great stories after. So it wasn't about hitting that summit. It was about the trip to that summit that counts. And the same thing with your creative. It's not about winning awards or doing any of that stuff, because that stuff's going to happen by itself. It's about that journey, that creative journey that you want to take. And the only way you can really take it is to be brave. Now, you know, I am obsessed with brands, and that's the basis of the lead with your brand system. You know, I am obsessed with the Disney theme parks and Jeep Wranglers because I've owned five Jeep Wranglers in the past 25 years. I'm obsessed with Jonathan Adler pottery and resort wear clothing by Trina Turk. And I just love hearing what brands our guests 
are obsessed with. Here's what Bill Amata, the chairman and chief connectivity officer of the IW Group, Aaron Uritis, CEO of Out and Equal Workplace Advocates, and Gail McGovern, the president and CEO of the American Red Cross, can't live without. Oh my God, Ben and Jerry's. I, I have to say Ben and Jerry's, and, and you know, it sounds a little cliche, but I have to say Ben and Jerry's is always, always stirring the pot in really good ways. And yeah. So, you know, on uh, you know, uh, during the Black Lives Matter movement and the killings, I mean the climate change, I mean, they're always pushing buttons, but I don't think they're pushing buttons in a mean way. They're pushing buttons because they want people to have conversations. Uh, they're thought starters. And that's what I love about that brand is they're always scaling up and pushing buttons, creating conversations. And often it's around controversy. And those controversies are things that we often avoid. And we can't keep avoiding these controversies. We have to confront them somewhere in our lives. And what's your go-to Ben and Jerry's flavor? Chucky Monkey. <laughs> Well, like many people on the planet, I'm kind of obsessed with Apple, (laughs) especially because with kids working from home and the multiple devices, I feel like all the iPads, iPods, et cetera, is, you know, is just something that's kind of surrounding me in my life. So you like live (laughs) in an Apple store right now? Is that what I'm hearing? Let me just wish, I mean, wouldn't it be nice if I lived in an Apple store? I've got toys around. So I think the Apple aesthetic is like way more sleek than my house. (laughs) Well, my favorite brand is the American Red Cross. It's the most well-known, recognized brand in the world behind one. Do you want to guess what it is? Oh, I know I've seen it on a chart before, but I can't even, I can't even think. Tell us. Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that people can't live without. You know, I always ask my guests what type of car they would be and why. And you know what? I always find this answer so revealing because it really speaks in an unfiltered way to what their brands are. Now, if you're still trying to figure out your own brand attributes, Ask yourself this simple question. If you were a car, what type of car would you be? Let's listen to what Andrea Richardson, the SVP of Glover Park Group, Lois Frankel, the best-selling author of Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office, Elliot Maisie, learning guru and Broadway producer, and Gabby Gambrell, communications expert, said they were. If I were a car, I, I probably would be the Maserati SUV. You know, Maserati is obviously known for its luxury brand. You know, I'm actually basically a speeding car myself at times, but very functional, but still luxury, right? Can roll my sleeves up, can get us to where we're going, but definitely a utility vehicle that you could you can leverage to get to the solution. This is going to sound so elitist, gonna, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be Mercedes. A Tesla. It updates automatically every few days. It's totally connected along the way. And it has lots of warning signals for when you're going to go off the road so you don't. So So my dream car, um, my dream car is a Ferrari. 
a hot pink Ferrari. Why are you like a hot pink Ferrari? So I, I'm kind of loud and I'm kind of <laughs> out there. And sometimes I want you to stop and look at me. And so one thing is you're going to look at a Ferrari. If you see a Ferrari go by because they're rare and you don't see them all the time. But if you see a hot pink Ferrari, everyone is stopping. Everyone is stopping to say, oh, wow, a hot pink Ferrari. And sometimes I just want people to stop and listen and enjoy the gift of gab. And ultimately, it's all about taking action. If you're going to lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough, it's all about taking action. I love hearing my guests' best career advice. Check out what Shawnee Chen, partner at PwC China, Joanna Popper, the head of VR for HP, and Sharon smith Akinsanya, the CEO of the Ray McKenzie Group, shared. Keep trying, right? Just saying. Take a step, keep trying, and follow your heart. Follow your heart is very important because I think find something you're really interested in. And even there's a lot of challenge up front, but you should still keep trying. Take a small step. Lean into your strengths instead of worrying so much about trying to work on and work on and improve your, 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 you know, so-called weaknesses or development areas. You know, if you lean into your strengths at work and you find a role where your strengths are what is valued there, you know, you're going to have a lot more room to grow and succeed. Don't take no from someone who can't say yes. And why is that? That is because sometimes we quit too soon. I don't think you'd be a good fit. You know, so maybe you shouldn't consider applying for that. That's not even, may not even be the hiring manager. You know, don't let anybody tell you your value. Know your value. Do your homework, make it happen. And that's it. You you should never take no from somebody who can't say yes. Wow. Truly words to live by. And we'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts for 2020 and a preview of season two. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, I don't know about you, but season one's guests were just amazing and inspiring and so chock full of advice. You know, I had wanted to launch a podcast for many years, but during COVID just felt like the perfect time to reach more people. Because quite simply, I am on a mission to help everyone find their true brand voice be able to bring their best authentic selves to the table every single day, and ultimately help you find that next career breakthrough. And I am so thankful to all of our guests. And most importantly, I'm thankful to you, our listeners, for stepping up to lead with your brand every single day. 
Now, 2021 is going to be an amazing year. This is your year to lift off and get to that next career breakthrough. And we are here to help you. So starting the first week of January, we are going to meet a whole new group of amazing guests from across entertainment, media, tech, and more. And more importantly, every single week of January, we're going to break down the lead with your brand system into bite-sized chunks so that you can start refining and honing your brand for 2021. We are going to make it a lead with your brand new year. Thank you so much for joining us for season one. I know you've enjoyed the show, so help us out and hit that subscribe button. And of course, we'd love to hear your comments and for you to rate the show. Follow me on all social media platforms at at Jason Patria. And if you follow me on LinkedIn, you'll hear the latest on how you can lead with your brand every single day. And remember, in your career, Don't be a commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. Happy 2021, everyone. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.